And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you're setting the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as you want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I'm your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And really, really excited for this incredible conversation, this deep dive into transformation with one of my very, very good friends, brothers, colleagues, and also somebody that I've worked with um, in my entrepreneur journey, my personal development journey. This is Mr. Sebastian Cruz. And um, I want to just share kind of a formal introduction, and then I want to just kind of give my own introduction of this man. Um, So Sebastian helps entrepreneurs decode their genius so they can follow their natural success path and live their life's greatest work. Sebastian has spoken on prominent stages and helped business leaders at the six-figure, seven-figure, and even up to $50 million in annual revenue. And what that really means is that Sebastian is in a position of influence with other very influential leaders in different industries, um, particularly self-development or transformational industries in the whole entrepreneurial world. And Me and Sebastian met, I want to say, about two-ish years ago, and we actually met in an entrepreneur mastermind that we were both part of, and we became fast friends. We had a lot to dive into. We um, had a lot of resonance on a lot of levels, and I actually hired Sebastian at one point um, through a program that he was offering at the time called the Sovereign Man Project. And so the Sovereign Man Program was basically like... um, a mastermind event just for men, you know, doing men's work, self-development for men in particular. And then I also worked with him on my own business and structuring my business and getting a handle on the details. And one of the things that I think about with Sebastian is that, um, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about this analogy. I don't know why I use this analogy, but it's, it's like a basketball analogy. So when I think of like different NBA players, like superstars, I always kind of related to Allen Iverson. He was always my favorite basketball player and, you know, just very unpredictable, very just kind of, um, somewhat all over the place, but can score in a million different ways. And when I think about you, I think of Ray Allen, very just kind of laser focused, precise to the T well-spoken, well just put together, and just very focused on the basics and mastering the basics and the structure um, of his craft. And that's kind of, that's, I don't know why that came up for me, but I just like, yeah, you're like, you're like Ray Allen to me. You know, the way that you operate and the sophistication and the refinement of uh, your work and who you are, that's what attracted me to you. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of an introduction. into, uh, you know, there's so much more. We're going to dive way deeper. We're going to dive into some really deep territory, especially 
a lot of the recent work that's emerged that I've been completely blown away by just having conversations with you. Um, so we'll dive into that, but how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for that intro. I think that's definitely a first of that comparison analogy. So very excited to be here. And I know how much you put into this podcast and mm-hmm. how much people you've had on here. So I'm really excited to share this time together and share yeah. some conversations with your audience. Yeah, right on. It's definitely been a long time coming. We've talked about it for over a year probably, but as we talked about in our last call, the timing was perfect with what you've been working on and bringing forth into the world. So um, let's, I'd like to just kind of talk a little bit about your backstory. I think the super or the superhero origin story is, is yeah. always important. Um, and that'll give us a bit of a framework and a bridge for connecting into like where you are now and what you are bringing to the world. Mm. Sounds great. So a lot of the things that I talk about is doing your life's greatest work because all these skills that we develop, all these challenges that we overcome, I really like to look at it and what's the context of the overall picture of a person's career and their life. And, and specifically what are they doing now that can live on past the time that you're gone? So with that context being said, I started my entrepreneurial journey not thinking about those things. I just started thinking about funny, or excuse me, it's, well, it's kind of funny. started thinking about uh, money and prestige. That was the only thing in the beginning. And so I had a web design company. Um, we grew and grew and grew. I was using the subconscious methods of, you know, train my brain, train my mind. And... I grew and then all of a sudden I had an opportunity to look deeper into my subconscious mind. I had had an opportunity to use a psychology profiling system to look deeper into my shadow. Like what are the parts about myself that I didn't want to look at that were just on the brink of taking away what I had been built? And at the time, things were going great. We were growing, growing. We had 25 full-time team members and revenue was growing up every, every month. And so when I had a mentor share this with me, I thought, okay, that's cool, but uh, I'll focus on that stuff after our huge revenue milestone, you know, basically after all of this stuff. And lo and behold, is that those shadow aspects of a mind um, had me align with people that, you know, shouldn't have, it had me not lead in the way I should have. And ultimately, the thing that was, that I dedicated my life to and was growing, growing, started busting at the seams. And my greatest fear came true that the thing that I had devoted every hour my waking adult life to, I was working 100-hour weeks, all of a sudden started busting apart. And in that crash, um, when I was at my lowest point, um, everything had imploded and my whole identity had been just just broken. That, that's who I was. And in that moment, I, I was so broken that I was like, man, I don't even want to be here anymore. I just want to think of ways to, to end it. And as my mind started thinking about that, I realized that something was keeping me here, that I could never take that final step, which sounds nice, but it was actually more depressing because I was like, I'm fucking stuck here. And that's when in that moment, that lowest moment, I was, I was just sitting there literally in the fetal position. And uh, all of a sudden, this energy started rising up in me started rising, rising up. And then all of a sudden in a moment, I didn't know what was happening at the time, but I just felt the fire of my life's greatest work. I felt the mission that I'm here for. And in that moment, I realized that all the other stuff that's nice to achieve, nothing else fucking matters if I'm not doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing here. And in that moment, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but I knew that, wow, that feels a lot different. And so I started following that feeling, started following that fire. And that led me to learning from those mentors that had shown me the, the psychology profiling system before. And I went back to it. And as I started diving into it more, I was like, wow, the accuracy of this is tremendous. And I would have, <laughs> if I had really focused on this before, I would have saved myself a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, rough patches. And so as I started using those tools and unwinding the shadow aspects of my mind being more aware of the resistance in myself that was pulling me away from my life's greatest work. And then also the things that are waiting for me to develop that would pull me to my life's greatest work. 
Um, that's launched me on a journey. And then from there, I um, built a successful SEO marketing company, uh, multiple six figures in under a year. And that is still continued to this day. And that gave me the freedom to dive into this, um, this technology even more and then eventually share it with others. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, there's so many, there's so many nuggets of wisdom and insight just within that story. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one of the conversations that you and I have had over the years has been about this bottleneck phenomenon, right? Hmm. Especially in the entrepreneur and co- coaching space. But this can this can relate to any area of life. You know, you could look at your health, you could look at your relationships. It's almost like we create a model of reality for ourselves in a way of operating in the world or any particular area in our life. And it's almost like we become a slave to our own design, right? To mm-hmm. the model of our own design. And it may be a higher model than the one we were, we were used to, but eventually there's a, there's a bottleneck, there's a ceiling to it. And mm-hmm. as we're growing, the, the image I'm getting is as we're growing as an individual, that box or model actually has to break and a new one has to emerge or something more expansive has to happen to, to otherwise, otherwise we regress, right? We can't grow beyond that. And I think that's one of the challenges. I know that's one of the challenges I've had constantly. So I'm constantly breaking out of models and boxes and it's not particularly fun. It, it Mm -hmm. sneaks up sometimes because if, if we're not, if we don't know our own, um, if we don't know the limitations of the model that we've created for ourselves ahead of time, we're going to have a rude awakening because how can you plan for something that you don't, you don't uh, have a measurement of or, or metrics of. So I think that that's a, been a really interesting conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that's come to mind for me as I'm hearing you say that is it's really hard to win the game if we don't know the rules of the game. And that's what's essentially happening is everyone talks about limiting beliefs, talks about the power of the subconscious. Everyone's pretty much in agreement there that's aware of it. But the thing that's missing is what's the specific combination of limiting beliefs? What's the specific combination of internal resistance patterns that a person has? Because especially in the subconscious mind, yeah, it's it's not a one size fits all. Mm. So when we start looking at the map, which is that's where I start with people, it's like, let's look at the rules of your own game so that we can know all the ways that the mind will try and creep up on you and pull back what you gained. And when that, when I was at that low point, that's what it really felt like. I really felt like I was just going up along my life. And then all of a sudden, like something hit me out of nowhere. Mm. And as I started studying these patterns and seeing like, whoa, okay, this is what's really going on here. I feel like the punches of life back then were still coming. We're still coming. But it was just like, instead of not seeing it all, maybe I saw it right as it came. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, you know, I was maybe a dodge a little bit until more and more. And the, the, the challenges of life still come up and down, but it's when we know the quote unquote the rules of the game, then it's easier to not get so emotionally attached. Right. So our decision process is clearer and we're able to spend less time in the muck, more time moving through it. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. So I want to talk about I want to unpack that concept with you a little bit further as it relates to the process that you take people through, you know, and this idea of decoding your gene. That's what we're talking about, right? Like, how do you actually decode your genius? My whole thing has been about activating genius, but even in the in of itself, that isn't the full picture. It's, it's because, you know, that, well, that's, that's a, that's a long, that's a, that's kind of a, a complicated topic in of itself. But the idea of activating your potential is one thing, but how do you integrate it? How do you stabilize it? How do you stabilize those peak states of experience and make that the new normal versus just have the high and the low? Because we know that the higher you go, the lower you fall. Mm, right. Right. Yeah, let's take a look at that because genius has been something that throughout history has been this mystical thing that, you know, must have been born with it or people don't really know. And really what it is, is it's having such a high level of proficiency Mm. in a focal point, which can combine other areas of knowledge, but such a high proficiency in a specific area that it becomes unconscious competence. Right. And the subconscious mind is linked to that area of focus and it flows through. And we'll go with the basketball analogy because in sports, everybody is aware of being in the zone. Everyone is, being, is aware of that thing, that, 
that mode when people just operate automatically and they're yeah. loose, but powerful. And so it's really about um, exactly what we're talking about is taking that into daily life more and more. And the way that we find that zone for ourselves is it's interesting. It's, it's actually the way I look at it is like in our shadow limiting beliefs in those resistance patterns that are pulling at us so much inside of each of those is actually like a key. It's like a golden key mm. that as we go into unravel it, decode it, we grab that key and that opens up a new aspect of our hidden talents, yeah. which over time we develop those right hidden talents. Then it naturally becomes our, our genius patterns. Amazing. Amazing explanation. So let's, let's dive into, oh, well, I'm not sure which direction I'll, I'll hand it off to you, which direction you want to go. I, I want to bring in two things. I want to go deeper into the decoding genius process. And I think maybe actually what, what's coming to me is talking about resistance, right? Because yeah. you've really made a brilliant analogy and you've done this, this process with a number of people, including your own family, which is an incredible testament. Um, and you relate uh, resistance to like a beast, you know, like, so this, this idea of like the way that I, I kind of interpret it is actually engaging with the resistance and not being a victim to the resistance. That's a simplistic way of saying it, but, um, yeah, let's, let's bring that in because I feel like the, the quote unquote resistance is the barrier between our genius, between our intrinsic gifts and, and not only accessing them, but being able to like use those as tools that we integrate in our life. Right. It's the enemy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, resistance, the way I describe that is the invisible force that prevents people from doing the things they know they should be doing. And that, um, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've all felt that in our own different ways, you know, whether it was with health or business, certain things that we know we should do, but it's like, uh, okay. So there's a philosophy of just do it and just using brute force just to yep. move forward. And it can be effective, but oftentimes it's not for people. And it's because you're basically the conscious mind, which has this much power and the subconscious mind, which has this much power are fighting against each other. Who do you think is going to win? Right. And Dr. Bruce Lipton um, is quoted as saying that the, con the subconscious mind is a million times more powerful than the conscious mind. Well, it's like, damn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> are we going to go to battle against someone who's a hundred times more powerful than us? And that's where I like to talk about, instead of just beating the resistance, it's actually reversing the resistance. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Because there's a tremendous amount of energy in there. So we can try and just beat that energy to a pulp, or we can go into it, find the key that unlocks it, and then all of a sudden starts pulling a person forward. Mm, okay, beautiful. So let's let's unpack that some more. Like so that key, like how does how does someone find that key? Because the thing with resistance that I've found is that it, it's a tremendous amount of energy that has a compounding effect. So the, the, so the less we engage with it, the more we avoid it, it doesn't just go away, right? It, it builds and grows. And I think this is, this is even further to the point that we would naturally go to is that, that that resistance can be something very, very small, but the longer we put it off into the closet, it grows, it gets hungry. It's like a hungry ghost. It just grows and compounds and compounds until it becomes this overwhelming thing that, you know, sidelines us in, in our business or in our health. That could be like cancer diagnosis, right? You put, you put that off for 30 years and all of a sudden you get sidelined. Um, so I want to get your perspective on that and then also lead into like, how does somebody, how does somebody reverse it in other words? Right. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, let's first take a, for the person who's listening right now, let's take the thing that you feel the most resistance mm -hmm. in, in your life. That one area where you're like, wow, I really want what's on the other side of it, but oh, it just feels like there's a, a black cloud or a fog or a beast that's fighting against me, a resistance beast. And first thing we need to understand is when we feel resistance, is it 
resistance to the path we should go? Or are we going away from our life's greatest work? Wow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and when we go back to my story in the web design company, I was hitting resistance and I was smashing right through it. You know, it was like big wall, I'd go over it. Bigger challenge, go under it. But what I was missing at the time was that like, who's ever operating the whole thing, whether it's God, higher consciousness, universe, whatever. I was like, I was getting signals to like, hey, you're going in this way. You got to do the decoder your genius work to, share, to learn and grow this stuff and share this with people. Doing web design is not your life's greatest work. It's not your life's call. Right. So first and foremost, that's why I think it's helpful to think, okay, let's get a sense of where's the direction you want to go. And is this resistance in alignment with that? And if, if it is, then it's like, okay, I need to get through this. Then what I found is reversing is to take a look at what's the specific patterns that your resistance beast has. So we use the uh, basketball analogy again. It's like, imagine you have the playbook of all your opponent's plays. Okay. They start at the key. They throw it down low, pop it out for a three pointer. Mm -hmm. So we take a look at what's your own resistant pattern so that in the moment when it comes up and you're going throughout your daily life, then it's like, Oh, okay, this is, I know exactly what's happening here. Just that awareness alone makes it so much easier to uh, conquer it. doesn't do all the work, but it, it helps it. So let me know how that sits with you. And then also, I think if we can find a practical way for those at home to start to implement stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said something really key. Um, it's so interesting. Almost everything we're talking about in some way, shape or form. I was talking to my partner, Solara, last night about because her whole thing is about flow. That's like her whole focus, right? So like that's, yeah. that's the theme that's undercurrenting this whole conversation and really identifying the, the energy and the patterns around that energy that block that flow. And one of the things that we talked about that you just mentioned was the awareness of it. And I think that that's such a powerful thing just to maybe just to punctuate for everyone is that we avoid things that make us uncomfortable, especially if we don't know either what they are. You know, think of a child, for example, if you have a child's in a dark room, their imagination is more susceptible to threats and, and things of like the boogeyman or there's a monster in a closet or something, right? We've, we've probably all experienced that as a child, but what happens if we've never actually confronted that? These are very similar things, but just more, you know, as adults, we have different concerns, right? So, um, okay, so that, so the point I'm making is that once that child opens the door and sees that there's nothing in there, then there's no concern. There's no energy or emotionality around it. Um, now, that may not be the case with what we're, whatever our thing is. There's a, there's a perceivable challenge, but by identifying it and looking at it and, and, and accepting it, it actually gives us a lot more power, right? Exactly. I'm so happy you punctuated that. That's a great way of saying it. Is, um how I remember this and share with people is naming and claiming it, naming and claiming it. Because if you're fighting against something that you don't even know, then how are you going to win? You're not. So you got to name and claim before you can do anything. And so something you can do right now as of watching this video is you can start writing down. Okay. Let me start off with writing down the ways that my resistance piece, your resistance piece is fighting against you. What are the specific actions that you're taking when you feel that resistance? Write those down. What's the specific emotions, negative emotions that you have? Write those down. And then plaster that on your mirror in the morning. Whatever it is, just keep getting awareness of it because the more it becomes second nature, then the more in the moment when you're, say, dealing with a challenging situation, then you're more likely to, ah, this is what's happening. And in that moment, it's so simple, but it's, it's, it's so much of the battle right there is you've just risen above the fray of the back and forth battle so that you can, you've risen up above so you can see still got to take the actions, still got to move. But in that moment, it gets easier to see. Perfect. Yeah. Just say, yeah. Go just ahead. one thing with that too. Um, so in terms of training the subconscious mind to be your ally instead of your enemy, you don't need to go watch hours on YouTube, you know, listen to subliminals. Like those are all great, but I, I call them slow lane methods, you know, cause it's like, how long is it going to take? And like, what's actually going to happen? 
So, you know, instead of going those ways, just put this up and put your intention for the next week is naming and claiming everything that you see. I, th- I think that's so, so valuable. And one of the other things that you had said that I want to, I want to bring back is this idea of your resistance could either mean that you're basically bumping up against the wrong, the wrong trajectory and you're trying to force something that's not actually truly in alignment with your soul. And that would actually create the resistance because your soul is trying to re- reroute you back towards your authentic destiny. And so, and so it's like, and then you can have resistance because there's just natural growth challenges that are going to occur when you're on your authentic path, right? So it's almost like my mentor, Michael Tessarian, says it this way, you're either on the karmic path or you're on the dharmic path. I like it. Yeah, let's talk about that. And that's such a great way of putting that um, because it makes all the difference. And it's something that's not really talked about much, you know, especially in the business world. And it, it makes all the difference because, man, if you go 100 miles that way and 100 miles that way and you needed to go that way, now you just had to go 100 miles and then 200 miles just to be back. Zero, if my math correctly, you know? So it's a skill to build is learning your own navigational system. Is this along the path of my life's greatest work or am, or am I just doing this for the money or the things that I think will win, but my instincts deep down, if I listen to them, are telling me to go that way. And that's something we've seen time and time again in um, traditional business philosophy is the gut feeling. And, oh, well, the deal looked good on paper, but my gut feeling said no. So this is like sophistication to your gut feeling and why your gut feeling is actually trying to lead you in the path of your life's greatest work. And before I go into like developing that skill, the reason why it's your instincts are naturally guiding you, your true instincts, not your resistance instincts, your true inner instincts. Uh, I call it like a GPS in your chest. It's guiding you to go there. And you know when it's guiding you because it's, you can feel an expansive feeling. And, and not, you can feel a contracted feeling. And when you've made a, a tough decision, when you've made a big leap in your life, what do you actually feel? You felt like, oh, I got to do this. Something inside of me is like, I got to do this. I know this is the right path. And then there was a bunch of fears up here. This is actually the mechanics of what's going on. And this doesn't have to be just a once in a while thing. This is actually a daily practice of, of navigating your life in this way. So let's sit with that before we go to the next step. Yeah, that, that's... That's really, really amazing and really essential. And you're right. It's not something that's often talked about. Um, and this whole idea of just push, 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 push. I mean, I've been living that, that out most of my life. And it was really good for a lot of my life because I was on my authentic path. And especially as an athlete, a martial artist, that was my path at that time. So that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like flow even though it was hard work, it felt like flow and congruency. And like I was being carried by kind of a carrier wave of energy. Right. Um, and I've also had so many experiences, especially trying to figure out the bumblings of being an entrepreneur and like, you know, doing multiple ventures, multiple projects, multiple business ideas. And, and just, just figuring my way through, like, what is it that I really, really want to do? You know, or, you know, what's the ultimate, like you said, like, what's the magnum opus, the great life's work? What is that? And it's something that I think, that, you know, it can happen through trial and error. Um, it does happen through trial and error. Um, and, but that idea of just pushing through, this is such an important thing. And to be able to have the discernment between when is it actually appropriate and necessary to push past the the extra 5%, right? Like, let's say you've done 95% of the work, right? But then there's that 5%, right? To get to pass to the finish line, right? But then what happens if we just habituate to pushing all the time and then try to carry the energy, carry the weight on our shoulders and, um, yeah, I guess kind of where I'm going with that is just first, first making that distinction and punctuating that whole thing that you mentioned. And then also um, how important it is to, to discern within ourselves. I guess using that, that heart GPS, 
to actually discern which one is appropriate because it's not always obvious. Right. It's not. And what's really cool about this is when we use our subconscious mind, we're essentially using whole brain thinking. And we start off in business strategy being very left brain, very analytical, and that achieves a, a very real degree of success for people because we need to be structured. We need to be results oriented. And everybody knows that when artists create, when they create the most beautiful things that evoke emotions, they're using the right brain. It's creativity, it's flow, it's access to something invisible that happens. So the, the com, like the, it would logically make sense that if we are using our left brain and we want to use our right brain, then we would just hop over and use them both. But how it actually happens to humans is that we need to travel down to the heart first. And there's organizations like HeartMath, or excuse me, HeartMath Institute that has uh, measured the frequencies of the heart and also measured, okay, when the mind is in one certain state and the heart is in a certain state, what happens? And that's where they found that there's something called coherence, which we both know, where the mind and heart are basically the frequency waves are in a certain rhythm together in a certain range. And what they have found is that when people um, are measured in that range, they're more relaxed, they're more creative, and they get different ideas. So getting this flow state into our, our daily life is really connecting to the heart here, which then our emotional uh, wounds and hurts are blocking that. So we need to clear those out, connect here. And then that's when it's like it, the loop travels up and we're using whole brain thinking. So, yeah, let's share that. I'm sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. I'm, gr- I'm really glad you brought that, that mind-heart integration piece into it. And the, the, the thing about coherence, because to me, flow states are all about being coherent. If you think of a coherent yeah. laser beam, it's a coherent beam of light. It's not fragmented. It's not scattered. It's not... Um, there's not energy that's opposing one another. Like it's going in a singular line of pure lucid focus. Right. Right. And so like, that's another way of explaining like the flow state, which is like coherence between the brain or the mind and the heart. And most of the time they're opposing each other through conditioning. Um, And so with that said, what I want to, I want to get you to really drop in with us about is the genius map. Yeah. Yeah, let's take a look at that. So, and the reason why I share with this people isn't just so people can think better, achieve more, do less. Like those are all part of it. But if that's where the train stopped, it would be hollow. Yes, those are the things that you can achieve. And it's all with the central focus of you doing exactly what the fuck you were born to do. And the way I look at it is like there's a, if you take an acorn seed for an oak tree, it's already got the blueprint inside of it to grow into an oak tree. You don't need to tell the, the acorn. You don't need to give it a little positive affirmations each morning. It just already has the blueprint. You just got to give the right water and soil. And that's how I view humans is that we all have our unique blueprint. And I've seen it with over a hundred people I've done readings with by now over six, seven years training this Um, with my mentors and all of us combined, tens of thousands of direct case studies, nearly 30 years of research, I've seen in my own lane all the different combinations that a person has. And so that is what's trying to grow through you to do your life's greatest work. And just like an oak tree, a massive, think of a massive oak tree, that's your life's greatest work where it can have many branches, many facets. And after the once you're gone, that tree is solid. Your life's greatest work is solid there. And that's really what we're here to do. Because it's like, if we're here to help the world, if we're to help people, that's great. And what's going to happen 300 years from now if that's just washed away with the sands of time? And my feeling is like, if we're going to build an impact, we might as well do something that is still felt 500 years from now. And personally, I don't give a shit if anybody remembers my name mm. 500 years from now or nothing, but my personal satisfaction when it's all said and done when i'm on my deathbed is feeling like okay whatever waves of value that was created even if it's nobody knows where they came from they're at least 
still carrying through mm-hmm. the humanity. Mm-hmm. That that's that's beautiful. That's exactly how I feel, and I think that's an evolution. I think I told you this. Like what you're what you're bringing forth is really an evolution of so much of what we've learned in the personal development industry and where it's gotten us on a certain stage of development. But it definitely is time that all of us not only thought differently, because that's where it starts. We have to upgrade our thinking. We have to upgrade our models of what's possible, our belief systems, all of that, and actually have more effective means to do that in of itself. Um, But then we also have to upgrade our vision of what's possible and stretching that far beyond our own sense of mortality, our own sense of survival instincts um, to a place where not only can we create thriving um, uh, attributes in our life, you know, have freedom, have time, freedom, location to do what we love to do, find a way to only do what we love to do, but to also allow our life to be a ripple of, of impact. Like our, both of our friend Alex Moscow says, an ROI is a ripple of impact, Mm. right? So what's the ROI going to be on our life journey or the investments and decisions that we've made in our life when it's all said and done? Exactly. Exactly. So following your natural success path, that's what I share with people. So let's decode your genius so that you can follow your natural success path. So you don't have to be fighting for every inch that you earn, mm-hmm. be in the flow. And that just so happens, it just so happens to be the same path of your life's greatest work. And that's why I get so much joy out of this is because I get to help people decode who their inner brilliance is. And then it just so happens to be intertwined with helping their specific cause that they care most about. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different causes in this world and the ones that are near and dear to my heart are probably different to other people's Yeah, and all different, but everyone's got their own cause that we can come together to create. So yeah, the person's listening and felt that at times they felt that. And I'm here to say loud and clear that that's their own inner genius. Mm-hmm. And there might be layers of pain, of emotional pain, emotional doubt. Might be you might need to develop that. You probably do, like we all do. You're not just going to wake up and like boom. I'm like I'm, I'm in the zone. Yeah, you need to develop it. Yeah, but at least you'll be developing the right things at the right time, in the right way. Yes. Yes, this is such a such a key message. Um, I want to. I want to. There's two things I want to talk to you about. First of all, I'd like to ask you, what are your your rituals? Because obviously, one of the hallmarks of stabilizing any upgrade, any any transformation, is the rituals that anchor in not only the behavior, but the behavior becomes. It, it becomes a byproduct of who we become, but who we become is also influenced by what we do most consistently, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get a sense of like, what are your rituals that help you anchor in to your own transformations and what keeps you in flow? Yeah, great question. So I'll say that it's different for everybody. And I, I truly believe that. that yeah. is giving people enough structure so that they can figure out their own structure and right. not be um, locked in to what worked for somebody else. So I've, I've done many different things where I was very like almost militant with the, the structure and the, the nuance of everything. And then I've had times with their, they're more flowing for me personally. What's been a huge practice to actually put this into practice every day is noticing. Okay. First and foremost, let's notice when my, the GPS, in my chest is guiding me to say, the left path when it's the left or the right. So first is noticing, okay, wow, it feels expansive towards that area. Let me follow that. Or sometimes it feels a little expansive, but it feels like something's a little closed on it. Mm. And then I ask, okay, well, and you're basically having a dialogue with your subconscious mind. So I ask, okay, well, is it about the person or is it about the timing? And you can deduct what feels contracted about it. And then when you solve that, say, okay, well, let's change it to this date or change it this way. You can feel the energy open up. Ah. So this is like, people are fascinated with time, right? Because we want to get results quicker. Right. What's happening here is that our subconscious mind is so much, the processing power is so much faster. So basically accessing the processing power and it's going into the future 
crossing all these different permutations. And we're basically saying, okay, hey, which one is the best one that's aligned with my life's greatest work? We don't even have to say that, but that's what it's naturally built to mm-hmm. guide us to. So in that process, we can kind of let go a little bit of this mind and just follow this. And you only need to follow it a few times before you're like, wow, okay, I'm getting very different results here than I was when I was trying to figure it all out with my conscious mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So first is building this skill. And it's a skill. It's a muscle. So just like you go to the gym and you do a bench press a couple times, you're not going to expect to have a chest like the rock. You know? It's like you got, you got to keep, keep building it. You got to learn the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. So once you start doing that and you can go into that coherent state quicker of just like, okay, let me just feel it. Cause you'll first start, maybe you need to meditate a bit and slow down the mind, but then you'll get better and better at it where you can just go it in the zone and you can feel it. So then the daily practice is to start your day up with that. Right. Start your day from that place instead of the place of fear, anger, or frustration or just like, Oh, Whoa, I didn't get a good night's sleep last night. You know, right, right. that place first. And then what I invite you to do is ask, take your, your challenge that you got on. This is all practical. It's all practical. You don't need to like, you know, <laughs> you don't need to wait. Just take your biggest challenge you have right now. Go into this place where you're, you're feeling connecting to your heart, heart and mind, and then, um, do the process with, um, that challenge. Mm-hmm. See what new ideas come, and it might make sense the moment. It might not. It might be simple, but as you start doing that, you see, okay, I'm going on a different path. Yeah. And then you focus on throughout the day: Am I bringing this energy into that task, or am I approaching the task with a bleh, dull energy? And there's going to be some things that you don't like to do. That's okay. Is that you can connect to this energy, and then perhaps, and then what you can do is connect to a new way of doing it or a new vision with that task. And then all of a sudden you're rolling on fire with it. So it's like driving your car. Instead of you're driving your car at 60, you're driving it now at 120. Right. Right. So there's a lot of layers there. Let me know how. No, that, no, that's, that's, that's really well put. One of the things that was coming to my mind around this from my own personal experiences. So last time we were on the phone call, I told you about a recent thing that occurred in my life and a major decision that I made, and um, we won't go into that now, save that for much later, but um, you know what that is, and so what, what was interesting about that for me is I, I've tended to not only try to think from the, from the, the outcome or the, the bigger picture, but I tried to get myself literally in that place mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Some, some things are easier said than do, or easier done than others, but what I mean by that is trying to make the decision that pivot decision that's going to actually change my destiny point. It's actually like, you know, like going to the Olympics is like, that's something I talk about a lot from an identity perspective because I was competing and training for the Olympics 10 years before I was even trying to go to the Olympics. Like I was, so, so all my behaviors, all of my thought process, everything started to started to map to that. And then, so it wasn't this thing of like, oh, I'm going towards it. It was like pulling it towards me to shape me in a way where that, that would be the logical um, result. Right. Um, So that, that's, and I'm kind of extreme that way, I guess most, a lot of people would say I'm, I'm kind of extreme. Not everyone has the temperament for that because one of the things that does happen is that you have a concentrated level of tension between the new self and the old self. It's like fast tracking the transformation, which for some people that that may be too intense. I've definitely felt the pressure of that and I haven't been able to always live into it. Sometimes I've felt too much pressure. So I've had to back out and readjust, but still setting my sail on the ultimate vision. Nonetheless, even if my original plan to get there wasn't ultimately the plan, I still wanted to get in the game as quickly as possible. So that's, that's just one perspective. I'm curious what you think about that. And I just want to reiterate what you, what you said that all of us can take advantage of is that how we start our day sets the tone for the rest of our day and how we set the next day and the next day. It has that same compounding effect just as avoiding the fear does. It's just now you're empowering yourself to start changing your, your operating system. Exactly. And uh, something I'll share on that is it's like there's a lot of talk on productivity and, and, and all those sorts of things, yes. biohacking, and that's all great. And 
Uh, I think if it, if it works for people, it works for you. It's great. The idea that I offer is if a car is optimized to go 150 miles an hour right. instead of 100 miles an hour, uh, uh. the car is still going in the wrong direction, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> then was the optimizing really optimizing? Right. Yeah. Wow. You actually just drove even faster in the wrong direction. Exactly. And this is what can happen. And this is what happened to me when I was using force. I was, I was optimized, putting everything in. I was going in the wrong direction with our web design company. Instead of listening to the inner GPS, which was saying, hey, course correct. You started in the right direction, but you need to, you need to just make a little right here. And I was just going just off, just off the map. And that's where life uh, gives us signs. And there's this saying that life uh, first speaks to us in like a whisper. Ah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a shout. Then they're like, wow, they're not even listening. Then they throw like a rock. Boom, okay, keeps moving. Then they throw a boulder until finally things collapse. Right. And at that moment, and maybe the person, maybe reading this have or listening this have, we don't need to. So the more we follow our inner guidance, which is your own subconscious speaking to you, which is guiding you in your life's greatest work, the more we don't have to be going in the wrong direction. Okay, this this brings up an interesting distinction. So when we talk about rituals, would it be fair to say that the most important rituals that we set up for ourselves are the ones where we create space to listen versus doing, doing, doing? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. And it's like, a, what comes to mind is um, there's like that old game, Shoots and Ladders, I think it was. <laughs> right. There's different levels. And it's like we're speeding up along the level, but there's like a ladder to go up to the next one uh-huh. instead of going all the way over, all the way back. It's like exactly what you said, creating that space to listen. is like, ooh, okay, there's a ladder. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Right. So by slowing down, you actually speed up. When you slow down, listen, and yeah. then act on that. Specific- on the message that you get. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this is hitting a really key um, point because we've all heard something similar to this. And this brings it back to like potentially the shadow of the subconscious where it's like, why don't we do what we do, what we know to do, or why don't, why do we do the things we know not to do? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so um, damn, I just lost my train of thought. I mean, I got that point out, but there was like another. There was another bit to that. That oh no, it's the slowing down. Okay, it was the slowing down piece, right? In our in our culture, as you're well aware of, all the conditioning, all the programming, all the manic, anxious, almost maniacal stress that we've all felt. Especially if you are an entrepreneur, it's like unless you're just like you're a monk and you just got the you got the the codes and you came into this planet with all of that just online i guarantee that you've you felt overwhelmed you felt confusion you felt ton of stress and you probably habituated to it just like many of us have um so this this piece around stillness i want to i want to just kind of focus a little bit longer with you on this because as simple and free and accessible <laughs> As it is, why is it so challenging for us to simply create five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour of spaciousness to listen to the guidance versus just like, you know, I, no, I got to do stuff. I got to keep, I got to do stuff. I got to act, you know, that right. whole man, you nailed it. So let's, let's hop into that because I feel like that's a missing piece that without it, then people just get sucked into what they're normally doing. Right. So, uh, number one, it's that the business world is screaming to them that you just got to fucking do it. You just got to crush it. You just got to go, go, go. So when we're hearing that, which Ken does work, it just takes probably two or three times the amount of energy and you just got to blast through it. So it's also about, about being like the efficiency and alignment. You know, I spent a lot of time in my early life creating unnecessary struggle, creating unnecessary drama so I could make it through and then be the, the victor and say, look, look what I made it through and I made it through this and it was so tough. Right. And when I finally had enough of that, I realized, oh God, my mind is creating this for me. 
And I could see the ways that I was doing these things that would create it. And I thought, okay, well, there's no honor in unnecessary struggle. Amen. Amen. Right? So sometimes you got to just bust through it, but if it's unnecessary, no honor. So first mindset shift needs to happen is like, okay, this is actually more beneficial to you. Second thing is to know that mind heart, it's a short distance, but for most people, that's the longest distance they'll ever travel in their life. And it's because all of our emotional, we have our body here, but you can basically imagine it like our emotional layers are blocking it. And, you know, the other common philosophy is just suppress your emotions. Don't show weakness. It's yeah. like we could go through there and I'm not, you know, in our own way and clear those out and alchemize them. And then that makes it easier to feel what the heart is doing there. Cause in the beginning, I'll just say for myself, I mean, I was all mind. I didn't know it. I was like, I didn't even realize I had a body down there. It's like, yeah, I do sports and stuff like that. But like <laughs> up here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so as I was connecting to that, I couldn't feel anything going on here. I'll just say that. Like, I, I just was like, what? Okay. Tell me that it just didn't work. So, but through the layers started noticing, oh, I do have a certain feeling here. I did have a good feeling. Well, I did kind of a bad feeling. So second thing is you need to clear those emotional layers for yourself. It'll make it easier. And then you develop your ability to listen to your subconscious mind. Because as that connection grows better and better, um, you'll start hearing it quicker and quicker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you start learning like it's almost like the dance with it. Because sometimes you'll you'll get like an image or maybe a, a word or something, but it needs a little bit more explanation. So that's where you build your skill of like, okay, I'm going to ask this question. And then it like starts giving you all the pieces. Mm. Sometimes it gives you everything all right. But sometimes it, you know, it needs a little bit, all these pieces put into place. Yeah. So that's what stops people. That's what stops people where usually they feel it. They're like, this sounds good. I feel it's right. But there's this gap. Mm. And from what I've seen, people aren't really talking about this gap. Yeah. So it's hard to get over it. Right. Right. Yeah. And you don't, you don't know how to cross the bridge. Right. And kind of, you, you know, one of the things that I had experienced is getting caught in what I call no man's land. Uh, yeah. So, so there's, there's aimlessness there, which is the worst thing ever. It's, it's the worst feeling, especially when you, when, you know, one uh, such as myself is so identified and so um, you could say optimized by purpose and by direction. So to feel a sense of purposelessness or the sense of like, you know, I, I have a sense of where to go, but it's cloudy. It's foggy. I'm in this kind of weird fog and I don't know how to get out of it. And it's almost like, you know, I, I do believe that a lot of life is a faith walk. Obviously there's things that we can't predict and we have to, we have to act on faith a lot of times, but we don't have to live on blind faith. Correct. Right? Nor should so we. True. Yes, I just yes, I just had to say a thousand times yes to that, mm -hmm. and and that's what I feel like is it's a lot easier to have faith when there's a good plan or a good method, and this is about my whole work is helping people connect to their own path of genius, not my version of it, their own version, and then following their inner GPS, and. So as you get better at following it, it gets easier to trust it because it's like the brain immediately says, oh, look at those last five times you trusted it. Look what happened from there. And that naturally, if you're, if you're in a situation right now, which happens to everybody, uh, where at some point we lose our mojo, we lose our, our fire, where did it go? And usually it happens after a person's achieved a lot of great things. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the last thing that's supposed to happen. And what happens is that usually we're driven by our core fears, angers, um, not being worth enough. And that creates a lot of anger fire, a lot of uh, frustration. I'm going to show the world. I'm going to show the haters, everything like this. And that creates just enough inertia just to blast through, brute force blasting through. And once a person starts getting a certain level of freedom, a certain level of success, They've actually gone up the scale of consciousness, which we understand, uh, well, most often in the scale of consciousness by uh, David Hawkins, PhD, MD. 
he's categorized the different emotions on a different on a scale and lower emotions on the bottom, like anger, fear, guilt, shame, resentment. And up top is peace, love, and joy. Mm -hmm. The flow zone. Yes. 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 Exactly. Peace, love, and joy. They sound soft and they can be soft or they can be the most powerful thing on the planet. Because when you're connected to your purpose, what it is, it's love for something greater than yourself. Mm. Peace. You know you're doing the fucking thing that you were born to do. And it's fun because it's in your genius zone. Your hidden talents are coming out. Mm. So on this scale, as a person starts rising above the anger and the hate, usually, and this is all on average throughout their day, everyone will fluctuate, of course, but on average, they're moving up. Then all of a sudden, there's a point of neutrality. It's uh-huh. literally neutrality. And it's above anger, but it's below the, the mm. higher level joy. And that's usually where people, mis- they uh, lose their fire, lose their mojo. What am I doing wrong? Well, actually, you're on the right track. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the GPS and the chest is saying, hey, let's, let's hop into your life's greatest work path. And then that, boom, and all of a sudden, and it's something you shared too that you felt, and I believe everyone's felt this at times as well, is instead of being pushed to something, Instead of yeah. pushing against and battling, all of a sudden the flip switched, switches, mm-hmm. and we're pulled. Yeah. And we're being pulled by our life's greatest work. Wow. Wow. That, man. Man, so, that's so powerful. One of the things you said that is so powerful is that when you're in that, that in-between space, you're mm-hmm. on the right path. And yeah. I think that's where it gets the trickiest, right? Because you get used to this momentum. Right. And that's the kind of like, which path are we going on and how the paths change? Um, you get this momentum and it feels so exhilarating and you feel so alive and so focused and you feel like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing my work, um, creating results, whatever the case may be. There's an energy behind it for that to kind of go flat with no disclaimer, with mm-hmm. no instruction manual, no, no heads up just kind of happens. I think for a lot of people that can be a dream death trap. And then there's a few, and maybe this is why so many people are so many people. Uh, yeah. Why so many people actually turn back They're three feet from gold, right? We've all, we know about that, like that whole story, why people actually turn back or the very few continue to move forward till they transcend that in, you know, get pulled, pulled up. Okay. So this is what I want want to ask you is that in between zone. Is that the pivotal moment of being pulled versus being pushed? Cause that, that's kind of what's coming up for me. Like you can push your way to a certain point, but then at some point that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. So something has to pull you further. Exactly. So yeah, okay. a few things. Um, a person doesn't have to wait until that point to flip the script and be like, okay, I'm getting pulled. They can do it, you know, sooner. Most often it happens with people where they've risen up and they're like, whoa, okay, I'm here. And so just like you shared is that they can, they have a choice whether they know it or not to stay in limbo land and just be lukewarm. And that's where usually people will be like, oh, well, that thing that I wanted. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. And there's nothing wrong with buying things, by the way. I'm a capitalist at heart. And when it's just buying to try and fill the void, then that's why they're in limbo land and there's no fire there. And that's where we can see things with people. It's like, just from a very practical standpoint, things start slipping for people because who wants to do business with Mr. Lukewarm? <laughs> no, like there's no energy there. There's no, um, there's no fire. And yes, there's different personality types and people are introvert, extrovert, but everyone can feel it when someone's connected. You can feel it. And they don't have to be screaming from the mountaintop. It can be a look in their eye. You can feel it. And that's magnetic. So a person has an opportunity to be pulled. Um, and there's one other item there. Oh, but they don't. Either they stay in limbo land or they start fall, falling down. They have to find something that re-angers them. Oh, well, actually, these guys hated me all along. We're actually, here's this different enemy. And then so it's like they, that's the closest thing they can feel is that fire of anger. 
That's so Thank funny you say that, bro. I totally am just looking at, I'm looking at a particular phase in the last couple of years where I literally would be finding things to, like I'd be looking at like Monsanto and GMO foods or the vaccine epidemic. And these are all real issues in my world, but I was almost trying to use it as a way to crack through a bit of complacency and that, that feeling of like not being able to get it going, so to speak. Yeah. So I was trying to use these adversarial um, uh, things as a way to get going, but it, it, it didn't work. It wasn't even, even with all of that, it still wasn't enough for me to actually move through my internal process. Right. Right. And this is like when the fuel is switching for somebody. And as that starts happening, you start experiencing just what you felt where it's like, you're feeling the anger, but it's like, it's almost like starting an engine where it's like there's gas in there. It's like, like, yeah, it doesn't matter how angry you are. It's the car's not the car's not starting. Yeah, and this is also too where I think also um, people on the more say spiritual path um, might get caught in limbo land as well, where it's like, okay, well, everything's love and peace. Yeah, which is true, by the way, and it's also fucking true that people are dying, getting tortured right now in certain areas mm. of the world, as well as animals. So everything is love and peace, but they need some help too. So, whichever way a person finds their way there, hold by the purpose. Hold by the purpose. Mm. Wow. Wow, brother. This was, this was extremely value-packed, extremely rich. And I know that what, what we're doing here in this conversation is providing multiple ideas and a framework for people of how to activate and how to access their own intrinsic genius, how to move through those, those um, unknown zones that we often get caught up in and really how to, how to leverage our unconscious or our subconscious programs or habituated patterns that tend to be self-defeating and how to flip that around. So we're not disowning the energy, right? This is so key. Like we're not disowning it, we're, we're acknowledging it, we're, we're identifying it, and we're, it's almost like, hey, like, how do I bring you into the fold? Where do, what needs healing? What needs integration? Because that's a powerful energy right there. And how do I convert that and, and get that player, that powerful adversary on the championship team, how do I recruit them and get them over to my team? <laughs> oh, that's a great analogy. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, so Sebastian, you have some resources for everybody. I know that you have your decode the genius decode your genius program that you that you just really you just brought out to the public. Um, I know that you also work with people. I've worked with you multiple times. So many of our mutual friends have worked with you, and they all rave about it. I, I rave about it. It's one of the most powerful. Um, I don't even want to call it typology type of things. It's just like self discovery. Um, processes that you take people through. So I'd love for you to share, how do people find out more about you? How do they get access to your programs, your information, and anything else you want to share? Yeah, thank you for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so my website is decodeyourgenius.com and uh, Facebook, Sebastian Michael Cruz. And for everyone listening, I've got a, a special gift is, we talked about the map. So I want you to have your own map. Now, it's going to have some interesting-looking symbols that's going to take some decoding, but you'll have your map. And so for everybody who goes to decodeyourgenius.com slash Ronnie, mm. R-O-N-N-I-E, you'll be able to sign up for your free map that's customized to you, and then I'll also do a free mini-reading with you. Wow. We'll wow. take a look at one of your resistance themes and how it's showing up in your life and what you can do, actionable, real things you can do right away to start winning living your life's greatest work. That's, that's huge and generous of you. Um, man, what an incredible conversation. I appreciate you so much. So glad we finally, the perfect time converged and we made this happen. And um, yeah, really grateful for you, your work. And I can't wait to see how it continues to refine and emerge. And I really do believe like on a Joe Dispenza type influence level, um, I think I really believe that 
um, your work is, is going to manifest and really impact millions and millions of lives. I don't think I've ever said that to anyone on this podcast, but that was the vision I got when we were on the phone. I was like, dude, this is revolutionary. This is really, this is going to really affect a lot of people. So, you know, Mm -hmm. amazing work. Thank you so much. And I'll just say, um, yeah, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants and we're at such a beautiful time in human history where we are getting the power, each of us, to help in our own unique ways. And as I mentioned before, there's so much pain in the world, there's so much suffering in the world, yet each person, through their genius, can help that cause mm. in their own specific way and have a phenomenal life in the process. Mm. And just blessed to be a messenger of the work. Ah, beautiful. The feeling is mutual. Good, to, Great to know you. Great to be friends with you, colleagues. And I look forward to seeing where our parallel paths take us. And uh, can't wait to connect with you soon, brother. Thanks, Ronnie. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.